Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And welcome to one of my specialty series. This is a chance here on the podcast for me to talk about some of the weird shit that I'm interested in. Things such as the paranormal, aliens, conspiracy theories, or in this case, cryptids, which is the newest addition to my sub-series. I absolutely love talking about stuff like this, and it seems like you guys do too, uh, based on the download numbers. So I'm really glad you guys have been enjoying these episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast and maybe came here for something a little bit different, don't worry. Make sure to check out our library, and I promise there's something here for everybody. For those of you returning listeners, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And make sure to stick around to the very end of the episode, and I'll let you know where you can find all of our content along with what's coming up next. So let's get into today's episode of My Dark Cryptid Fantasy. And I'm really excited to talk about this one because, as I may have mentioned before, growing up, I didn't really have a good grip on Filipino culture or folklore or anything like that. So as an adult, I found myself seeking that out. And what I've learned is that Filipino folklore and culture is just entrenched in terrifying creatures. And it's because of this rich culture that inspired a comic book turned anime over on Netflix called Trece. Now, Trece is a little rough around the edges. I will not lie and say that it is perfect, but there is something there and I definitely see what they were going for. I think it was certainly rushed, but it is a pretty cool look into all the different creatures that are part of Filipino culture. And I would suggest it if you have some time to kill. And one of the main creatures that's focused on in this series is the Aswang. Now, according to Philippine folklore, an aswang is an evil, shape-shifting creature that shares the grotesque characteristics of werewolves, vampires, and ghouls. It doesn't have any consistent image or description because its appearance varies per region. People have often characterized them basically on hearsay, which is why the term aswang has commonly been used as a catch-all description for most creatures that lurk in the night. And I'll discuss the different subspecies of the aswang here in a little bit. Since there are a wide variety of descriptions of the creature, an exact appearance is a little difficult to settle upon. However, there are several common themes that differentiate aswangs from other mythological creatures. First thing is aswangs are shapeshifters, similar to skinwalkers of Native American folklore. Stories recount aswangs living as regular townspeople. During the day, they're quiet, shy, elusive. But at night, they transform into creatures such as a cat, pig, bird, or most often, a dog. They enjoy eating unborn fetuses and small children, favoring livers and hearts specifically. Some have long proboscises, which extend from their mouths and reaches into a mother's womb to suck out a meal while the woman are asleep. Aswangs allegedly can also transform the appearance of objects that replace their live victims or stolen cadavers with replicas made from tree trunks or other types of plants. This doppelganger will then return home extremely sick and die of natural causes to avoid suspicion. Another tactic of songs used to disguise themselves is to use sinister vocal tricks. 
As the fearsome predator gets closer to its victim, its call gets quieter and quieter, so its victim is lured into a false sense of security, thinking the monster is actually getting further away. Now, as I mentioned, there are several types of a swang present within Filipino folklore. There's the tick-tick, which are giant humanoid crows who belong to witches. To stop them, one must remove the crow that is inside of their stomachs. When you hear a tick-tick-ticking noise from the darkness, that is a signal that the aswang is ready to eat. The softer the noise, the closer the aswang is to you, which is the hunting method I just mentioned a moment ago. There's the busa, resembles a human in appearance and behavior. These aswang are corpse thieves and grave robbers. They dwell in cemeteries, sometimes steal fresh corpses from funerals or tragic accidents like car crashes. And there's the babu, the aswang with bloodshot eyes that makes the sound of a laying hen at night. However, the most disturbing variation of the aswang is the maranangal. The word maranangal comes from a Tagalog word, tangal, which means to remove or to separate, which literally translates as remover or separator. In this case, one who separates itself. The creature appears as a normal woman by day, but by night detaches herself at the torso and sprouts bat wings. This is the version of the aswang with the long proboscis that is associated with eating fetuses. It also allegedly hunts newlyweds or couples in love due to being left at the altar. Rooms to be are one of its main targets. She usually eats the insides like the heart, stomach, or the liver. The severed lower torso is left standing and is the more vulnerable of the two halves. Sprinkling salt and smearing crushed garlic or ash on top of the standing torso is fatal to the creature. The upper torso would not be able to rejoin itself and would perish by sunrise. It's a truly terrifying creature, and that's why I used it as the cover art for this episode. I'm surprised the design hasn't been used in horror movies in Western culture. Now, next up, I'm just going to rattle off a list of some interesting facts about the aswang that I found on Thought Catalog. During the day, aswangs are said to have bloodshot eyes because they stayed up all night long searching for houses where wakes are being held so they can steal the bodies. They only hunt in darkness because they believe that is when God is asleep. If the aswang ends up marrying a human, then the partner will transform into an aswang as well on their wedding day. However, it is extremely rare for these creatures to reproduce. Aswang couples will most likely hunt alone in the middle of the night because they don't like to share food. Separating also helps them avoid causing suspicion and getting detected. As I mentioned, aswangs can be killed with garlic, salt, but also holy water, a crucifix, a rosary, a prayer, or decapitation. They will also be destroyed by getting whipped with the tail of a stingray because they don't like the sound of it slashing through the air. Aswangs cannot step into temples, churches, mosques, or any other holy consecrated ground. If a doorway to a home or a building has a special prayer posted upon the entrance, then the aswang cannot walk through the doorway. During the day, aswangs still have certain powers. Some of them will provide healing potions and cast helpful spells for the townsfolk. Because of their friendliness, there's an old Filipino saying that translates to, an aswang is better than a thief. You can tell whether someone is in a swang by looking into their eyes. If your reflection is upside down, then they are not truly human. You can also look at them upside down by sticking your head in between your legs. If their image appears differently than when standing upright, they are in a swang. So where did these stories originate from? Well, as with any cryptid or ghoul or creature or anything like that, it's probably a multitude of answers. Now, according to Culture Trip, the term swang originated from the Filipino word asawang, also meaning dog, because the beasts usually take the form of dogs. While these mythical creatures make for a terrifying bedtime story, historian and professor Anthony Lim provides sociological and scientific explanations behind the swangs. According to Lim, many people migrated to the Philippines in the 13th century, bringing with them a set of supernatural beliefs. 
In Malaysian folklore, they have the Penangal, a beautiful woman who attained physical beauty through black magic. The Penangal was a female midwife who made a pact with the demon to gain supernatural powers and in turn must refrain from eating meat for 40 days. However, the pact was broken and a curse was bestowed upon the Penangal to become a blood-sucking demon. In pre-colonial Philippines, the female leader of a community was called a Babylon. Roxas Museum curator Brian Argos says these leaders played an important role in healing the sick and communicating with the spirits. So when the Spaniards arrived, they spread propaganda about the animist beliefs of the natives to convert them into Catholics. For instance, they would attach evil in the doings of the Babylon, which explains why females are often associated with the Swangs. As women led a series of political upheavals in Capiz to counter the Spanish government, Argos noted that the Spanish authorities accused them of being Aswangs. Hence, the Count of Capiz in the Visayas region has often been dubbed the home of the Aswangs. Now, another theory is that native wildlife simply inspired the legends. The tick-tick and walk-walk hunting calls the monster is said to make are probably the calls of nocturnal birds. Bats, Tasmanian devils, and Kagwong, an endangered species of flying lemur, have all been killed because they have been suspected of being a swang in a transformed state. Another possibility of the Aswang mythology is the presence of a rare genetic disease called XDP, which almost exclusively affects Filipino men. XDP causes patients to have Parkinsonian and dystonic symptoms. The patient is afflicted with uncontrollable muscle spasms, contortions, and tremors. Images of Aswangs during transformations are strikingly similar to photographs of a patient experiencing XDP symptoms. The highest concentration of XDP occurrences is in the Capiz region, which, as I mentioned, is rumored to be the original home of the Aswang. And finally, the Aswang legend may be used to explain away horrendous and unsolved crimes in the Philippines. When a person disappears or is brutally murdered, it may be easier for local people to attribute a crime to a demon rather than one of their own fellow humans. Tabloids often attribute crimes to the Aswang, which, of course, adds fuel to the mythology. Whatever the true origin of the Aswang are, I'm always so fascinated by it. Filipino folklore is chock full of terrifying creatures, and because of that, as I mentioned, it inspired the series Trece over on Netflix. I'll probably find myself looking into more of these creatures in the future, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But that's pretty much it for this month's episode of My Dark Cryptid Fantasy. Thanks for allowing me to talk about all the weird stuff that I'm into. If you enjoyed this episode and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a five-star review. You can also find us on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and wherever else you find your favorite shows. Make sure to check out our YouTube page. We most recently did a spoiler-free review of James Gunn's Suicide Squad. You can also find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For A Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For A Pod. If you are local here in Jacksonville, I do want to mention that I will be doing some stand-up comedy next Thursday night at the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Stadium. Tickets are on sale now, and I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes. But that'll be it from me, everybody. Don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and all you have to do is wait for it. So, I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is... Wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast.